2: 869 1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH.
1: Your new radio home for K State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Glad to be joined by Wyatt Thompson. Uh, Wyatt, this is exactly what we wanted, right? K-State to have the ability to go down in Austin and play a game that, you know, could ultimately help them get to a Big 12 championship game. Everything that's happened this year, this is what we've been looking for.
4: Yeah, you want to get to the first part of November with a chance and be in the race, and certainly that has been the case. I think coaches talked this week about how focused the guys have been uh, in this uh, three-game win streak since the loss at Oklahoma State on that Friday night, and you guys are well aware of it. We've talked a lot about it. um, I I think there's been a little bit of a refocus and uh, reset, so to speak, and they've been a lot better in a lot of different areas. And uh, this will be a different challenge, certainly. But I know they are pumped up about it. And I think they feel like they've got a chance if they perform at the level they should or could.
3: Yeah, speaking of performing at the level that they they can, Wyatt, uh, the last couple of weeks defensively have been incredible for the Wildcats, allowing three points to TCU and shutting out Houston. And, of course, Texas is a, a different task entirely than the, the two teams that they just got done playing over the last couple of weeks. But what are some things in your mind defensively that Kansas state can take away from the way that their defense performed over the last two weeks in their matchup tomorrow?
4: Well, I think there's a lot of things it, when you talk about improvement. Um, I think you have to look at pretty much all levels of the defense, but let's focus in in particular, and this won't surprise you. Will it with the secondary? <laughs> Right. Um, Jacob Parrish is a a young talent that, uh, you know, frankly, was in a backup role a year ago. Julius Brents um, and Echo Boyd were the starting corners. And both of those guys made NFL rosters and are doing well. Uh, But but here is Jacob with seven consecutive starts to start the year. And I think he is a very big key in the game tomorrow because of the fact that he's such a good cover guy. We've seen Keenan Garber come along. We've seen Will Lee, after a pretty nice start, and then get injured, come back and help some. I, I think uh, it would be fair to say that they're getting a little bit more each week out of Justice James and Jordan Wright. All of those guys are corners. And then those three safeties, we've talked a lot about this, but Savage, Siegel, and Payne have done a really nice job. And even, even behind them, we're starting to see a little bit better play and and more play out of McKendree Steiger and Colby McAllister. So I I think the secondary has made a lot of headway. Now, again, different challenge tomorrow because of the amazing speed of guys like Xavier Worthy and some of those types of people. Adonai Mitchell, the Georgia transfer, has been really good. they got a great tight end in Jatavion Sanders. But I, I think you have to look, too, at, and I know Coach Kleiman talked about this on the radio show last night, Desmond Purnell and Austin Moore, the two outside backers have been great. I mean, they are he says every week that they're playing at an all conference level. And K-State has basically had to play four guys at the Mike linebacker and all have done a pretty good job after Daniel Green went down. And I think the the front group, um, it, it may not have the star power with a Felix and Yudike Uzama, but I think Khalid Duke's good. And all those other guys have been re- really solid. So, if you look at the numbers, and, and again, you can make, I suppose, what you want out of that, but they're first in the league at giving up 15.9 points per game, Texas is second at 16.0. <laughs> That's about as tight as it gets, but both of these teams are where they're at because of their defense in a lot of different ways.
1: All right, Wyatt, let's, let's talk about quarterback. I've had this theory, yeah. and you can tell me I'm crazy. I, I think that, <laughs> that that game last week – went so well that anything they had drawn up for Avery, they may be put back in the bag to use here and not give Texas anything on film for him. I I know Will Howard plays amazing in that game, and that has something to do with it. What do you think? Was that just strictly because Howard looked so good, or was that an opportunity maybe to hide Avery a little bit from Texas?
4: Well, I, it's an interesting theory, and and I think you could probably argue that there's some legitimacy to it, don't you think? I mean, you know, you know, what you go into that kind of game, and and I'm just being honest. I there's no part of me at all that thought that was going to be a 41 to nothing game. Did you? I mean, no. I, no. I mean, they were good enough offensively that I was concerned about it. I mean, Donovan Smith had played really well. They were averaging almost 29 points a game. 400-plus uh, yards in total offense. And, I mean, you guys saw what happened. They didn't score. Uh, the K-State defense basically held them to 113 rushing yards um, and 90, 95 passing yards, and they're, they're averaging over 300. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so, again, back to the thought there with the quarterbacks, they didn't have to do after the first couple of drives a whole lot. Honestly, offensively, they were grinding and pounding and doing what they wanted. And I I think your point is interesting because I don't know that it's for sure that way. But I also would tell you in the same breath that I think they've got some things uh, and not that Texas won't, too. But I think they've got some things that they're going to uh, break out tomorrow that maybe we haven't seen in a while or, or yet. <laughs> what do you think of that?
3: Yeah. Why? I, what do you we... think so? Yeah, I, I I think that's the case, too. I wonder, like. When you're playing a team like Texas and, you know, all the different things that they bring to the table defensively, is it something, do you feel like where Chris Kleiman's going to ride the hot hand or is this more like a, you know, designed game plan? We're going to do what we do, whether or not like with Will Howard and Avery Johnson, or is it more like who's hot on, you know, depending on the certain time in the game, that's who we're going to ride with.
4: That's a terrific question. And I don't know that I'm smart enough with the game of football to actually have the best answer for you. However, I will say this. I I do think you can make an argument for both of those things. And because what did we hear coach Kleiman say on Tuesday at the press conference, we cannot reinvent the wheel. Everybody understands that those guys at the point of attack are hard to move. Um, And yet this is a, state team that loves to run the ball, and that's what they're doing exceptionally well right now. So you've got to probe and do some things. And that's the best part of this, I think. Yes, it's K-State matching up against four- and five-star guys all over the field, both sides of the ball. We get that part. But there's more to it than that. And and what I mean is, is if you look at K-State offensively, I would tell you that they're pretty diverse. I know Coach has said all along, you guys know this, that the perception was is that Will was the thrower, Avery was the runner, and he says constantly, both guys can do both. We've seen the quarterback run game. We've, we've seen, you know, option football. We've seen, you know, different types of things and movement uh, offensively all over. And that's, that's I think, you know, where you feel like maybe K-State can get some things, you know, Um whether it's zone blocking stuff or, or whatever it might be, um, I just think Texas is really talented, uh, but I think K State is too, and I I and, and I just think that there are going to be some things available. I just do.
1: I, I yeah, it, it it is an interesting dynamic, and and I feel like there is a history. Go back to last year against Tulane. I, there's a history of. What At least the optics to to the casual viewer, that they have at times held stuff back, and maybe it's bit them. So now they have this opportunity to really take advantage of it. I wonder, too, Wyatt, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats, joining us here on Sports Daily. We always appreciate the time. Have you picked up on any energy from K-State? I wonder this about you know, Oklahoma State's going to go through this to a different level this week. I, I've always... Wondered, and this is our first chance to to have you know somebody at the ground level. Are you feeling any energy for K State to want to, you know, sort of give Texas the don't let the door hit you on the way out treatment this week? Do <laughs> they have that feel emotionally at this, or do they care at all?
4: No, I think there is a little bit of that, if I'm being 100 percent honest, and and I think um, you know, if you remember back uh, to to the ball game against Alabama. In, in the Sugar Bowl, K-State didn't play their best football after playing really great, you know, in the in the back half of last year. It bothered them, but I think even though they didn't play their best, they, they kind of proved to themselves that they belong. Texas is kind of like that. Um, Alabama has very similar talent like that. So I think there's the thing that you're talking about where, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I think K-State would like to get them one more time before they move on to what they think will be greener pastures. Um, And so, yeah, I I do think there's something to that. And also, um, you know, we we talk all the time about uh, those two programs leaving and how you can't replace the brand. Right. I mean, that that's, that's part of it. And, and, and certainly that's, that's true, but there's also something special about beating those kind of guys too. And our, our guys are motivated by that. I, I've, I've seen it before. It, now, again, it, I think they're also motivated by the fact that we haven't beaten them in a while. And maybe that's the best part. Go, go get one. Go get one.
3: Wyatt, what do we know uh, about Malik Murphy? I know he had you know, a fairly solid game against BYU last week in place of Quinn Ewers. Uh, but it was really the running game from Texas that took a lot of the pressure off of the freshman quarterback's shoulders. Uh, what what do you think, as Kansas State is preparing for this game, is going to be a key for them as far as not only limiting the ground game, but doing what they can to hurry and rush and, and make Malik Murphy nervous there in the pocket?
4: You know what, that's a, a really, really good question and very astute on your part because here at the end of the day, here's the bottom line. They have a very, very good offensive line. And Sark, by nature, wants to run the ball because everything they do in the pass game uh, basically plays off of the run game. I didn't think they could replace Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson as easily as they have with <laughs> the two guys they've got. But Jonathan Brooks is 77 yards from 1,000. Uh, C.J. Baxter, a true freshman, has been really good. But it's all about those big men up front, and, and they are quite good. But K-State's good, too, against the run, and they, they somewhat neutralized that. So we pitched that out there to say this. I'm just going to be blunt and tell you that K-State is probably catching a little bit of a break, no matter how well Malik Murphy plays, because Quinn Ewers is not. Um, this is a kid that will be making just his second start. But don't be mistaken, this kid can spin the ball. He was a high-level recruit. Uh, Even their fan base doesn't know a heck of a lot about him yet. But I visited a little bit yesterday with some of the coaches, and Joe Klanderman said the kid can run, but he would much rather throw it. (laughs) So I think we're going to see more of the, the Brooks and Baxter and Savion Red and some of those guys running the ball as opposed to Malik Murphy. But he can make all the throws. Ewers just has a little bit more experience, savvy, those types of things. And I think K-State feels like that maybe they can get some pressure on him a little bit too. We'll, we'll see if that is that actually the case. That, that would certainly help.
1: As you look at the Big 12 as a whole, Wyatt, what, what kind of you know margin for error do you think exists right now with you know with the top half basically all being so close together and jumbled in? What do you think it's going to take for two teams to make it through. Now everybody has one or two losses. Is it for K-State? I mean, is it win out? Is it, can they afford a loss? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I am having a hard time, like, predicting that kind of stuff. Obviously, they'd like to just win them all, but I don't know how reasonable that is for any of these teams in the Big 12 to to think that that's going to happen.
4: Yeah, and I, I think it would be, most people are going to have the perception, I think, um that... You know, Texas and Oklahoma have some advantages here. Certainly Oklahoma does with schedule. I mean, we were talking about that in August, right? Um, But I don't think any – I shouldn't say it that way. I don't think few few people thought that they were going to lose last week at Kansas. But that is a hard place to play, and those guys are pretty dang good. So we talked about that last night, too, on the radio call-in show with with Coach Kleiman. I don't think he feels like the race is going to be over regardless of what happens tomorrow, whether we win or whether we don't, because you've got... I mean, think about from the K-State perspective, Baylor at home, at Kansas, Iowa State at home after that. Well, say what you want, but Texas and Iowa State are two of those teams that are tied at 4-1 and at the top in the five-way tie. So there's a ways to go here. But but, all that said, I've said this... uh, all season long, even after Oklahoma beat Texas, I still think Texas is the most gifted team in the league. Does that mean they'll be standing at the end of the day? I think they will be one of them, but two are going to go to Arlington. That's a good point. The good part, right? At least that's the way I look at it.
3: Why we're getting closer and closer and closer to this year's edition of the Sunflower Showdown. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. From your perspective, you know calling Kansas State games in the way that you do, knowing that rivalry is just around the corner, and the fact that both programs are playing great football right now, and that, as you know well, know that hasn't been the case in, in, for a number of years. What is that like for you, and and your thoughts on where both of these programs are, Kansas State and Kansas, as we get closer to the Sunflower Showdown?
4: Well, I, I think everybody is excited about. You know what's going on in both programs around the state. It doesn't matter which side you're necessarily on, or maybe you're part of one of those that house divided kind of things. Uh, Lance has done a really good job there, and everybody knows it. Um, that they're just they're tougher in every way. Uh, they're pretty darn elite offensively. Um, so I think all of us are waiting for that. But you can't. <laughs> with that said, though, I mean you can't really think about that yet. I can, you guys can, but I don't think the teams are. Um, but the fan bases cer- certainly. I, I think. Do you guys get the sense that there's some squawking going on on, bo- on both sides already? I don't I know think that a little but, bit, but I kind of I mean, maybe a, few a little of that's bit a possibility. I
1: but think there I, certainly I, is among the fan bases. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Oh, for sure. Well, I think you have to go back a ways. Probably even before me. I, I remember. And doing doing some uh, visiting with Stan and, and and others that have been around here even longer than I am. You, you guys probably don't remember back to '94, but I think that was the last time where both teams were really really good and ranked and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it has been a while, but it's really good. Um, I, I think we're all pumped up about the you know the, the matchup uh, looming down the road here in a couple of weeks.
1: I want to add one more on matchups. We know now that that one gets to continue. It's one of four in the Big 12 that will continue through 2027. We learned that this week. I know a lot of K-Staters were upset to not get Farmageddon, and I get mm-hmm. that to some degree, but like there are casualties in expansion, and if expansion's good for everybody, you get the Sunflower Showdown. I, I almost feel like that's fortunate. And we're just going to have to live with Farmageddon not being an every year game. I, I I guess for and and I don't you know I know that history is important to people, but so is the expansion of this league.
4: Yeah, well, you said a lot there, and I think you can attack that in a lot of different ways. And I'll say some things here that people will disagree with, uh, and, and I respect that. You know, I mean, K State and Iowa State have played, I believe, it's every year since what nineteen seventeen. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, yeah I think that, so. That's some history. That's history there, you know and you you don't want to lose that, but I think you're right in that you can't have everything when you're going through this type of change where you've had you know this year as an example, Oklahoma and Texas in their final year, four more teams are added, Oklahoma and Texas leave after this year, four more teams are added. You want to protect the closest ones, and I think they did that with Kansas State-Kansas. But think about what it is if you're Oklahoma State, okay? Bedlam has been going on forever, too, and they're losing that. At least we're playing Iowa State three of the next four years, starting in 24. Again, is it perfect? No, but, you know, I mean, if, if I were King crusade if I'm being honest, I would go back and, and uh, remove Greg Sankey as the leader of the SEC and, and remove a couple people with television and go back to some normalcy with uh, the leagues the way they should be. But that's not going to happen.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: clock at four. Doncic.
2: deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more. Two more. more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crownley Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're,
3: we're by that. We're past it. Wyatt, I want to uh, shift gears here and talk a little about uh, K-State basketball. Uh, the first exhibition sure. game of the year was the other night. Uh, Wildcats uh, taking on Emporia State, a, a pretty comfortable victory, and I'm not sure you know, how much you can really take away uh, from an exhibition game. Although, um, as everybody knows, the, the big story in Manhattan with the basketball program, Naquan Tomlin suspended indefinitely. And I guess my question with that for you, Wyatt, is after watching this team in their exhibition game, uh, how do you envision or how, how do you think Jerome Tang will fill the role that Naquan Tomlin typically has with this program, whether or not the suspension is a week long or a month long or forever? What, what do you see the, the replacement value being on this program?
4: Well, let me let me go back a little ways here. He had a, uh, a, a media gathering the other day before the Emporia State Exhibition game. And I'm I'm sure you heard this comment. If if you didn't, I'll I'll kind of just paraphrase it as best I can. Somebody asked him about leadership and who was doing that uh, this year. And and he went on to say kind of in a nutshell, and again paraphrasing here, that Marquise Noel was one of the best leaders he's ever been around. And and this is a guy that did a great job um, at Baylor, and they won a bunch and all of that. So that's a pretty large statement. And he he kind of said that, hey – (laughs) <laughs> still, reservation still being taken for the leadership deal. And and I think that's going to be the case uh, with trying to replace um, Naquan because of what Naquan is. He, he is a very unique individual for me because he's 6'10 and he's left-handed. He hasn't played the game a long time, but he's very skilled at it. And I don't think you can replace that with one guy. I think one of the real keys to this season will be um how this team develops i I mentioned to a friend of mine the other day he was questioning some of the the you know things that happened the other night and i I said no wait a minute let's let's not put the cart before the horse meaning i think everybody maybe to a degree is expecting last year's team of the elite eight run at the end as opposed to what they were in november does that make sense you gotta it let does. this team grow and breathe a little bit because we know we know this. They're they're long, they're athletic, they're talented, it's a deep team. Let them breathe and grow some. They were good the other night. They weren't great, but they were okay. I mean, they only had twelve turnovers. They had nineteen against Washburn a year ago with Marquise Noel. So <laughs> I know that's a long answer and probably more than than what a lot of people want to hear, but I, I think it is going to take everybody doing their part, whether it's replacing Naquan or whether it's replacing, you know, Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, whatever it might be. I, I think they're going to be fine uh, because I, I know that the, those guys are going to work their tails off at it. and um, repl- But but with all of that said, um, there's only so much you can do in, in replacing a guy that was, you know, a 10.5-point, six-rebound a game guy last year. Who knows what he could be this year if he returns or, or whatever. And But but you, if he doesn't come back, then you, you don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't be a 17, 18.8 rebound guy. Yeah. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that, that's a pretty significant loss. So they'll have to do some scrambling, I, I, I think. I, I hope that answers it in part because – You know, the other thing is is his versatility, and that's hard to match too because he can play, you know, multiple positions. But I think they're trying to do that now with the five out uh, where you don't miss. And and basketball is becoming more and more and more (laughs) positionless game. You know, you still probably have a point guard, but there are people that can play, you know, the three, four, and the five now where that wasn't really the case in college basketball not that long ago. Long answer, I get it.
1: Well, and, and of course, Naquan Tomlin could still return at some point this year. You, sure. you brought up yeah. something when you were talking to your friend there that I've sort of struggled with. I don't know. I, I've feared for a while that last year's run would create this year's expectation, which I don't think is fair. What do you think is a fair expectation? I think, broadly speaking, it's, it's probably just reached the NCAA tournament this year but with a lot of room on either side of that because of so many unknowns and because of how heavily they leaned on two particular players that aren't there anymore.
4: Yes. Yeah, that's, that's all uh, pretty well said from my perspective. I, You know, <laughs> they did raise the bar with last year. Um, and, and I, again, made the point with my friend that, you know, you can't compare compare November to November. Remember what Case they did last year? They were con- they won a couple of really big games um, in that tournament, uh, but I don't know that it had the the real staying power or punch that they they accomplished when they got into early January and went back to back at Texas and at Baylor. They went into a different stratosphere when they did that. Would you agree with that? I, I think yeah, that's pretty. I positive. think so. Yeah. Now, can this team do that? I'm not saying they can or they can't. But I, I do think that, you know, the raising of the bar does add some pressure. Sure. I mean, you, but but I don't think those guys are shying away from that either. You know, we're going to be different uh, because you don't have the elite quickness uh, with, say, a Tyler Perry that you had with Marquise or maybe the as great a shooter. I think Tyler Perry is a really, really Excellent shooter, one of the best in the college game. But think about some of the plays that Marquise made last year off the bounce and shooting the ball out to at sometimes 30 feet. You know, I don't know. that I haven't seen enough of Tyler yet to know that that, that would be a possibility. And uh, Keontae was pretty darn good, too, and, and, and just an exceptionally hard matchup. So it will be tough replicating it. But, but through your point about what, what uh, are the expectations, that I can answer with, without question. I really believe, Jerome Tang believes, this is a, a tournament team. Getting there is the deal. Uh, what you do from that point forward is how you are remembered, right? And I just know last year when we got in, we had some good matchups and, and had a, a great run. Who, who knows how that will play out this time. But I like our team for what we are today. Um Let's keep talking about it, right? We're
1: going
3: to do this week no, while <laughs> we're
1: junkies for college basketball. But between, between the right, teams, yeah. the three the the three teams that we cover extensively, it, it should be a blast this year. Uh with the different no sorts of expectations and changes in it's gonna be awesome. Uh all right, Wyatt. So we'll get to college basketball season next week, but before that, we got a big football game. What do you guys have coming up on the broadcast on the K State Network this weekend?
4: I'm really excited about it because uh, that's one of the really fun venues in college football, but, I mean, you'll hear from Coach Kleiman and our coordinators, and um, I I got a really fun player interview uh, this time with Garrett Oakley, uh, who has done a really good job. Last week was was really, frankly, one of the stars of the game with, you know, with Ben Sennett being a little bit dinged up, and that was uh, nice, so we'll, we'll feature that. Um, Also, I would tell you that uh, I like every opportunity I get to visit with uh, Austin Moore, the linebacker. I'm going to do that again this week in the pregame, so it should be a lot of fun.
1: It's another early broadcast, 9 a.m. You'll catch it right here on KFH. Wyatt, we appreciate it. Good luck. Safe travels, and we'll see if we're talking about a win next week.
4: (laughs) Should be fun because Stan and I are flying Sunday morning to Vegas, and uh, I'd like to come back 2-0. One in each sport. I, I don't know that we can do that, but we're going to give it our best shot. Thanks, fellas.
1: There goes Wyatt Thompson. Hey, if you're out in Vegas playing craps, don't forget your 6 and your 8. Uh, that's what I always say. I'll be out there in Vegas not too long from now, Tommy. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh you're right. All
3: right. That, uh, that lucky streak with the the Rangers bets that you That's made. right. We'll see how long. I've been on a bit of a heater,
1: not just with that, just in general. I hit that last night. I, I took, you know, Hopkins and uh, – and uh, Deontay Johnson's over, and they hit, put them together. A little bit of a heater here, you know. I don't want to jinx anything, but I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure that we're doing the right thing and, and taking advantage of that. I learned that from my dad, right? Never walk away from a heater. You can't do it. You can't do it. Eight six nine twelve forty. We'll make some picks. Speaking of betting, uh, coming up at the top of the next hour with Paul Savage. When we return, what on earth should college football do with Michigan? Uh, every day goes by and it gets crazier and crazier and i don't know what to do here because that's a team that might be in the mix for a national title this year 8691240 we'll talk about it next sports daily rolling forward if you missed anything with wyatt thompson you can always go back and listen on the odyssey app
0: tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: clock at four, Doncic, the step back three, you music, you set my world on fire. Yeah,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's
2: been a-